Today's Philippians reading is verse 4, 4b through 14. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but which comes but which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. morning. So this passage that Ruth just read for us was written by the Apostle Paul. And in these verses, Paul states that his number one goal, his number one goal in all of life, he says, is to know Jesus. Verse uh, Verse 8, he says, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. And you see it again, verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ. What does that mean? What does it mean to know Christ? But what I'd like to do is just give us three, three thoughts on that subject of knowing Christ um, that arise from this passage. Here's the first one. Knowing Christ is personal. This is personal. In, in, uh, in New Testament Greek, there are two main words that in English you'll translate as to know. And one of these, one of these words, it's, um, it's more of a kind of conceptual, intellectual knowledge and apprehension of facts. Um, it's the kind of word that you might use when you're saying, I know the answer to that math problem. It's that kind of knowledge, all right? There's another kind of word, the word that Paul uses here, and it's not so much intellectual as it's, it is uh, experiential, it's subjective, it's, it's relational. It's, it's the kind of word you would use if you're saying, I know my mother, 
or I know, I, I know my way around this neighborhood, or I, I know my best friend, or I'm, I'm getting to know some, some people in, in this church. It's that kind of knowledge. It's, it's experiential. It's relational. It's, it's personal. And so when Paul says here, I want to know Christ, he's not saying, my goal in life is to learn as many facts as I can about Jesus. No. He's saying, I want to get to know him. I want to know him. That's, that's all that matters to me. It, it, it's a personal, personal kind of, of knowledge. And this, I think this is important for us to remember. Um, you could lose sight of this. Did you, did you know that what God offers us in the gospel is not a list of facts for us to memorize. It's not a list of doctrines for us to agree with. It's not a list of, of uh, actions that he wants us to perform. Listen, what God offers us in the gospel is his son. He offers us Jesus, God, God's beloved son who loves us. Do you know he loves you and whom we are invited to get to know? Now, this, this was a radically new way for Paul, a, a, a new way of thinking about God. You see, Paul, before Paul met Christ, he had been taught that his, his standing with God, in other words, God's opinion of him, it, it depended on the things that he did, the facts that he learned, and the actions that he performed. In other words, that's, that's, what, that's why he thought God, God loved him. And so these were the things that he emphasized, the things he boasted about. You see that in uh, verse 5 and 6. He, here's what he used to be so proud of. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, I was a Pharisee. As for zeal, I was persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, he says, I was faultless. That was kind of his spiritual resume. And I know those things may not be very impressive to you, but in, listen, in the social circles of a first century Jewish rabbi, which is what Paul was, that meant a lot. He's saying that's the kind of person I was. He said, I, I, I could check all the right boxes. I, you know, I served on all the right committees. I, I read all the right books. I, I performed all the right actions. I did all the right things. And, and the reason he had invested in that kind of living is because he thought that God's acceptance of him was depended, dependent on his performance. And some of you might, might, in the back of your mind, that might be the way you're thinking today. You're thinking, God is really happy to see me in church today. I know he is because I read my Bible every day this week, and I prayed every day, and I'm a good person, or you might be thinking, God is really disappointed with me because I haven't checked all these boxes. I haven't done these things. In, in the back of your mind, you might be thinking, God relates to me on the basis of my performance. That's what Paul had been taught. And then he heard the gospel, and he was just, it, it blew his mind. The, the gospel said to him, God does not relate to us on the basis of our performance. It, it says God accepts us because of a person, because of Jesus, be, because of everything that Jesus has done for us and because we know him, because we belong to him. 
And so, and so Paul says that when he, when he looked back on all these things he used to be proud of, he says, end of verse 8, I consider them garbage. Who cares about that stuff? He says, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Verse 9, and he says, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, that comes from all that I do. He says, but a righteousness that is, that is through faith in Christ. You could translate that, a righteousness that's through the faithfulness of Christ. Uh, it's, it's the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So that, that's the gospel. The gospel is not a command to go do all the right things. The gospel is an invitation to come meet a person and get to know that person and put your trust in that person. And that person is Jesus, God's Son. So just in case anyone here has lost sight of that, and today you're, um, you're kind of all caught up in what you're doing or, or maybe not doing for the Lord, and you're just saying, I, am, am, I, am I reading the Bible enough? Am I praying enough? Am I, am I sharing the gospel enough? Am I loving my family enough? Am I, am I doing a good enough job worshiping today? Can I just ask you a favor? Can you just put those questions to the side for right now? Because God is not asking those questions about you. I don't even think he cares that much about those things. God just wants to know, have you come to know his son? That's what it's all about, getting to know his son. Jesus said this in John 17, verse 3. Jesus said, now this is eternal life. He says that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So what does it mean to know Christ? Paul says, this is the only thing I care about, is I want to know Christ. First, understand this. We're not talking about some kind of intellectual apprehension of doctrinal thoughts about Jesus. Knowing Christ is personal. You know him personally. Second thing we learn here is that... Uh, Knowing Christ is painful. <laughs> painful. Here's what I mean by that. If, if, you, if you really want, I mean, really want to get to know Jesus, it will probably involve some degree of suffering for you. It, 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 that's just kind of the way it happens. Paul, Paul says in, in verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ, yes, the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. Now, that, that phrase, participation in his sufferings, um, one version of the Bible translated that, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. I, that's a, for some reason, that just clicks with me. Uh, I know that word fellowship, that's a very churchy word. You use that in church. I need more fellowship. I, I would like to have fellowship with you. Uh, and, you know, church people say that. What we basically mean is I'd like to get to know more Christians in this church, right? And so we say, I want to fellowship. But how do you fellowship? How do you get to know other believers. Well, you spend time with them. You talk with them. Maybe you pray with them. You might, you might share a meal with them. That's the way you get to know other people. That's how you fellowship with them. Paul says if you really want to fellowship with Jesus, you want to get to know him, he says you share in his sufferings. You suffer and you get to know him there. Now, why, why would Paul say this? Have you learned this yet? Because God 
one of the chief tools God uses in our life to introduce us to his son is he uses disappointment and heartbreak and discouragement and setbacks and hard times. God uses suffering to allow us to get to know Jesus better. Romans chapter 5 says suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God, God uses suffering. It's never wasted. And, 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 it's, and it's never meaningless for the Christian. He uses it to drive us to his son to get to know him better. C.S. Lewis uh, wrote this. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our conscience, consciences, but he shouts to us in our pain. Have you, ever, have you ever gone through a really hard time and you come out of it and you say, oh, man, I, I, I'm so glad that's over with. But boy, do I know Jesus better now. Boy, do I know him better. The old uh, German reformer, Martin Luther, he he, he wrote this. He said, if you want to become a really great theologian, he said, you need three things. And back then, even the Germans wrote in Latin. So he, he used three Latin words. He says, if you want to re become a great theologian, you need three things, oratio, meditatio, and tentatio. And, and, and here's what that means. He says, if you really want to know God, oratio, you need to pray a lot. Meditatio, you need to read the Bible a lot. And tentatio, he said, you need to suffer. You never, you, something, it's not, it's not because God won't let him, us know him unless we suffer. It's not like that. It's, there's something about our heart that's it's never broken and soft enough to, to cry out to him until we go through a hard time. And, and so knowing Christ is personal and it's painful. It involves suffering. And, and <laughs> I, know, I know what you're thinking. This is kind of grim, isn't it? It's kind of depressing. You're saying, are you kidding me? I came to church here this morning to hear you tell me this, Pastor? Listen, let me tell you, I know this is, it's so hard to suffer. But in a certain sense, what I'm telling you today, this is really good news. And for some of you, this might be the best news you hear all week. Why? Because believer in Christ, if you are going through a hard time today, are you? If you're going through a really hard time right now, listen to me. This does not mean that God is mad at you. It does not mean that God has rejected you. It does not mean that, 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 that God is punishing for you for your sins. Your sins are forgiven because of Christ. You say, so why am I suffering? I don't know. I don't have a clue. I wouldn't even pretend to answer that. But I do know this. If you've come to Christ, God has accepted you. You are his beloved daughter or son. And even though you can't see it right now, he will use these hard times in your life. They won't be wasted so that you'll know Christ better. You'll know him. Have, have, you, ever, have, you, ever, have you ever met a, a Christian who you just feel like, man, this person really has a close relationship with Christ. She, she, man, she knows the Lord. You listen to her pray. You see the way she acts. He, this guy, he really knows Christ. Have you met someone like that? If, if you ever meet someone like that and you get the chance to talk with them and you say, hey, can you, it seems like you really know Jesus. How did this happen? When did this start with you? 
I guarantee they will not say, well, it all started that day I won the lottery. Man, that's when I got to know him. Or it started when I made the varsity team. Whoa, I went to a new level as a Christian. Or it happened when I got my dream job. No, they won't say that. I guarantee you, you ask someone, how did you get to know Christ so well? How did this happen? They'll say, man, it, it, all, it all happened when, when my son got arrested and it was in the papers and, and we were just heartbroken. I learned to pray like I never had before. Or it's, you know, it was when, 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 when I went through my divorce, I felt so unloved and so unlovable. And that's when the love of Christ for me just became so real. Or, you know, it was, it was when I lost my job. It took a whole year to find a job. I, I just, my, I felt like so worthless because my, 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 my identity had been in my profession. And I began to realize, oh man, no, my worth is because of Christ. What I'm saying is, if you find someone who really knows Jesus and you say, how did this happen? I guarantee they'll say, I got to know Christ when I participated in his sufferings. So if you're suffering today, oh man, we hurt with you. We hurt with you. I pray it won't go on for too much longer. But Jesus will meet you here if you let him. He'll meet you in that suffering. So what does it mean to know Christ? Knowing Christ is personal. Knowing Christ is painful. And, and, and Paul would also say this. Knowing Christ is progressive. Here, here's what I mean. Getting to know Jesus is not something that you accomplish once and then you're done. It's not like you get a diploma that you hang on the wall. This is to certify that so-and-so officially knows Jesus, and then it's signed and dated, you know, the day of your graduation. No, it's, it's, it's not like that. It's, listen, knowing Christ, it's not something that happens once and it's over. It's, this is an adventure, it's a journey, it's a process, it's, it is a relationship that continues to grow throughout your life. I, I think throughout eternity. I just think for the rest of eternity, we'll be getting to know how wonderful he is. We'll, so, you see that in verse 12 to 14. I'll read them again for us. Paul says, not, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So Paul, Paul, here's what Paul says. My one goal in life is to know Jesus, and I'm not there yet. That's my one goal is to know Jesus. And oh, oh. I'm still pressing on with this. Now, understand who wrote this. When, when the Apostle Paul wrote this, he'd been a Christian for well over a quarter of a century. He had, he had preached the gospel on three different continents. He had personally planted well over a dozen churches. He'd written major portions of the New Testament. He had had visions of Christ and of God that are so wonderful. One of the visions, in one of the visions, he says, I, I was told things that are so wonderful, I'm not even allowed to tell you. I'm like, whoa, what did he hear, right? So this guy knew Jesus. He said, no, I, yeah, I know Jesus. I love Jesus, but there's so much more 
I'm just, I'm forgetting what is behind. I love, don't you love that verse? Forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead. Now, it might be that you need to just put behind some really good things in your life. Oh, God really used me. I did some great stuff. Boy, did I learn about Christ. Can you just put that in the past? There's more. There's more. And for some of you, what God wants you to set behind today is just some things that you're ashamed of and, and you feel like failures. God says, can we just put that in the past? That's yesterday. Today, you're here with Jesus. Today, you're here with Jesus. That's all in the past. Just put that behind. Forget that you fell. Get up again. Forget that you fell. Get up again. Follow Christ. He's here with you today. That's all that matters. It's, it, there's this progressive growth. And so I just, in closing, I would just ask you, are, are you pressing on to know Jesus? He really loves you. He's taken hold of you, believer. He wants you to know him. Are, are, you, at, are you at the place in your life where you just say, you know what, God, this next week, I don't care. I, don't, I, I just want to get to know Christ better. I, I love that passage from uh, John 12 that uh, Abigail read for us. Um, before. Did, did you catch that? They're at this dinner. It's in honor of Jesus. I mean, the, the dinner, the whole dinner. He's the, he's, he's the guest of honor. It's supposed to be all about Jesus, right? Nobody there is thinking about Jesus. It says that Martha, she's serving, right? So she's like thinking about, oh man, I got to get the plates out on the table and I got to get the casserole out of the oven and this and that. And she's thinking about that. It says the others are reclining at the table. They're thinking about, hmm, I wonder what we're going to get to eat. They're thinking about the food. Judas, you know, he's thinking about, right, the money. I wonder what, how much is this going to cost? There's one person, Mary. She's like, who cares? Jesus, guys, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. That's all that matters. He's here. She goes, she grabs this perfume. How in the world she gets such costly perfume? We don't know. It's worth a year's wages. And she says, I don't care what. Jesus is here. I just want to worship him. I just want to know him. I'll pour this out on his feet. All these people distracted by all these things. And Mary says, I don't care. I just want Jesus. And my prayer, listen, church, my prayer for us is that God would, wouldn't it be wonderful if God would just fill our hearts with that kind of desire? That this, this Easter season, we wouldn't be all focused on, you know, whether we... You know, all the celebration that we just say, I just want to know Christ. I just want to know him. Do you know that that's what he wants for you? Do you know that? He really loves you. He really wants you to know him. He knows your name. Did you know that? He knows everything about you. And he's just saying, won't you come to me? Wherever you're at, just come to me. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the, and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. I want to know Christ. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, thank you that even though so often we forget about Christ and we forget about it's all about him and you don't even stop loving us when we get distracted. Thank you for that. But thank you also that you remind us that um, 
This is all about us coming to know you through your son. It's about us knowing Christ. And so I pray that today the Holy Spirit would just, if our hearts need softening, if our, if our, if our thoughts need um, gathering, whatever it is that you need to do, would you remind us again of the deep, deep love of Jesus for us? And would you um, open the eyes of our heart to see him in a fresh way? And would you allow us to fall in love with him again and to press on to know him? I ask that you do this for, this would be for your glory, but it would be for our good. And so I ask for those two reasons that you do that. In Christ's name, amen.